Hey guys, welcome to Bono Stuff. I really appreciate you listening in. This is a great episode we got lined up for you here with Adam Caratini of Eat the Frog Fitness in downtown Orlando. They have a few locations nationwide, but he is someone I met back in New York City. And we talk about his journey through fitness, dealing with his own ADHD. Uh, and that's a super interesting topic that I think I might explore in some other podcast as again exercise certainly has tons of benefits as well as nutrition in addressing things like brain fog mental clarity and diagnoses like adhd super interesting stuff excited for you guys to listen in i uh, would love your thoughts would love for you to share and uh, have an awesome day as you're listening in unique new york hey we are here live i'm in colorado superior colorado Adam Caratini joining us from downtown Orlando. Uh, yes, sir. Mainland yes, sir. Orlando. Nice, nice. So uh, tell us, or we'll jump right into it. Tell us about what's going on. Who are you? Why are you here? How do we know each other a little bit? Let's go right into it. Boom, go. Uh, my name is Adam, and I am the head coach of Eat the Frog Fitness in Maitland and soon to be downtown. Um, I've been in fitness for nine, going on 10 years now. I've known Bo the majority of that time. Bo was my very first CrossFit coach <laughs> at Reebok Fifth Ave in New York. Yes, uh, yes. Very, very, very spe special place. <laughs> it was, it was a special place. Very cool. So yeah, then, so uh, tell us a little about that time, uh, CrossFit in New York City, and then where did that take you? Uh, yeah, so, I was graduated school, moved to New York, and I was working in hospitality, hated my life. Um, <laughs> I was just working 70, 80 hours a week, doing something that I didn't want to do. And I stumbled upon Reebok Fifth Ave, and I walked in and uh, it changed my life. Uh, one, because I thought I was fit until I was put through my very first Metcon. <laughs> um, I think I threw up the first day. Uh, so it was a very humbling experience. Um, and two, uh, I just, the community was something that I still till today haven't seen anywhere else. It was amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. CrossFit is a unique thing. Not everyone will throw up folks, but, uh, tends to happen when you have someone who's very competitive sounds, I think we can categorize Adam as such, and then you get pushed to the limits and he had a little athletic background enough to when you give them this very unique kind of CrossFit type test, uh, pushes a little too hard and the body's not ready for it. So that's sometimes what happens. So uh, yeah, for sure. So then, so you were there, how long were you, were you in New York? And, and uh, I know at least through 2017, yeah, yeah. 18. Yep. yep. Uh, so I moved back and forth from, from New York and Orlando, but, um, Originally, I was at Reebok with that for almost two years, and I would spend nice. about four hours a day there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just uh, an outlet for me, uh, and with my ADHD, it was just a really, really good outlet for me. Um, yeah. And then went through a bad breakup, decided to move to India for a little bit. Um, India? Yeah. The country India. The country India. I was there for is that, is, six. Is that your background? Your, your, I, don't, I didn't actually know that. Or no, what's your I, 
I just had a friend uh, that I met through bartending, and I was going through oh, wow. that breakup, and he was like, hey, dude, come to India. So he gave me a business <laughs> visa, and wow. I kind of just backpacked <laughs> India for a little bit. Wow. Um, and in India, I was in fitness. I was already a certified personal trainer, but in India, the, the first thing that they ask you is, what do you do? Right. <laughs> very, very first thing. Um, and that's when I decided that uh, I'm just going to say I'm, I, I am a trainer. Um, so I, I kind of was able to recreate my identity um, because although I was training, training was like a second option for me. But once I stepped out of my comfort zone, I stepped out of my environment, and I was able to really think of what I thought of myself. Um, that's when I became a trainer. Awesome. So then India took you to back to Orlando or New York first for a little while? Back to New York. But I, I had uh, in India, that's when I developed you know, this purpose to to help people feel more comfortable in their own skin. And um, I really wanted to open up my own gym. So when I moved back to New York, uh, I started interning at Reebok GSP uh, with, with Darren over in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. and uh, coached there for a little bit. And my cousin gave me a call and he wanted to open up a gym. So that, that's when I moved to Orlando. Awesome. And that's where you became the head coach of Eat the Frog Fitness. Tell us, what does that phrase mean, Eat the Frog, if you guys aren't familiar? I, I mean, I've heard that phrase before, but you know, tell us what, why that name. And I know you didn't necessarily choose it, right? But uh, tell us the, the, what, what, where that comes from. So it's a Mark Twain quote, and mm. it's eat, eat a live frog first thing uh, in the morning, and you have nothing worse to look forward to that day. So it's just about <laughs> yeah. uh, attacking your most difficult tasks first, um, and it's something that I, I really live my life by. Um, and it's actually by the founder is Brian Clay, which he is an Olympic gold medalist two times in uh, the decathlon. Wow. Yeah. And decathlon has a very interesting uh, correlation to CrossFit because you're doing so many different modalities. Um, decathlon is a very specific 10 movements and sports, but I've always found that super interesting. Um, I know a couple of uh, high level decathletes that certainly were into CrossFit and, and uh, made that transition really easily. So that's cool. Before, um, before CrossFit, mm -hmm. it was the test of the world's fittest person. Yeah. Yeah, that is absolutely true. I remember the in the '90s was it uh, Dan versus? Uh, do you remember? You're 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 a little younger than me, but they had two of the decathlete guys, and they were like, "Who's gonna win, Dan versus?" I can't remember the other guy now. Uh, it was like Dan versus Matt or something, and uh, I feel bad that I can't remember their names, but uh, it was definitely like a big. They tried to make it a big marketing thing to get people excited about decathlon because it's not the most uh, fan favorite <laughs> sport. Yeah. Um, but that was a cool thing. And that was when cross trainers as shoes, they were trying to push those. Um, and it's like, what is cross training? And, and yeah, now you have CrossFit, right? So, uh, it was an interesting thing in the nineties, uh, that I definitely remember as like a kid, not really understanding sports science and all this stuff, but it was, it definitely stood out to me that there were these two guys that were doing like the high jump and, and all these different cool activities. And, uh, yeah, I still remember that in 96, Atlanta Summer Olympics and 92 Barcelona. Um, yeah, so that was cool. That's uh, I'd love to chat with, with him at some point too. But um, back to you, sir. So Eat the Frog. Um, and you so you guys are doing group classes, right? 
Yes. Uh, what, tell us a little more about, you know, is it CrossFit style? I, I don't think, cause you're, you're not a CrossFit affiliate. Um, no. Is it, is it, you know, is it similar to F45 or Orange Theory or do you guys just want to have a separate identity? Uh, so it, it is high in boutique fitness, uh, but so we are in that space, but it's a little more personalized. So we do consider ourselves to be the most personalized group fitness training. Um, and we do use heart rate zone uh, technology, um, and we are a 24 hour a day, seven day a week studio, oh, wow. which really helped out during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so there are play classes for the majority of the day, but we have two big IMAX screens on both sides of the room where you can follow along with the workout um, every hour on the hour. So 24 hours? So people are coming in at like two in the morning? Two o'clock in the morning, people are coming so in. Do you, is there like a trainer there ready for them? How does that work? Uh, no. So you have a key fob and you uh, fob your way in. You check. Your oh, so you're, you're doing your in. own thing. So you're not doing your own thing. So the IMAX screens turn on every hour on the hour and it rotates through three, uh, three different uh, sessions. There's cool. strength, agility, and cardio. And each one has an aspect of the other one. Um, but you follow along with the screen. Uh, there's an animated character named Tad and he's demoing the movement <laughs> for you. Uh, yeah, so it, it just gives more flexibility. So, you know, firefighters, nurses, right. uh, people in hospitality that, you know, they don't have a traditional schedule really works out for them. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's definitely great. So, yeah, that takes us to pivoting during the pandemic. Uh, how, how, how did you guys manage that? And, uh, you know, was that an easier transition because of, like you said, that 24-7 model and, and, you know, having limitations? Did you put uh, how much space do you have? Yeah, I'd love to hear about, you know, kind of that whole model. Yeah. So there's, there's a couple of things that we did pretty well during the pandemic, uh, one, cause it's Florida, uh, <laughs> two, because our, our station was there, was there, uh, just for, for those who might not have been following, was there an actual lockdown from the governor or anything like that? There was, there was, but it was six weeks as opposed to okay. some, some places that are still closed down. Um, yeah, some are still closed down. I think here in Colorado, they had a three-month shutdown, something like that. Um, I just was talking to one of the gym owners here. So, yeah, yeah it definitely was different everywhere. California had a few, but I think in in Orange County, where I used to live, I just made the move for those of you uh, following along. Um, they In Orange County, they might have had lockdowns, but I didn't even know about them because the sheriffs basically were like, we're not going to enforce whatever – like there was indoor dining and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, that was an interesting thing to see and experience. And I think the gyms basically, I know some gyms were still having huge classes and, and things like that, but yeah, we, we have a studio in San Diego and they had a big outdoor space where they took mm. all their equipment and they moved their studio outside. Um, mm -hmm. and other studios were still closed down. So they actually got a big membership boost because they were one of the only studios right. that, that were still open. Yeah, um, I just did my first CrossFit class in a very long time, again, uh, with one of the gyms here in Colorado as I'm trying to meet some people and all that. And they had, uh, first of all, it's the first time I've done, I've been working out in my garage basically since the lockdowns, um, but it's the first time I've worked out with a mask on. They require that you have the mask on indoors at all times, uh, but they did have the parking lot with a few stations where you can bring your bar. So I went, the rower stayed inside, but I would come outside catch my breath, taking my mask off. I'm still also getting used to the elevation out here. Um, but yeah. And then uh, you, you, I'm doing the barbell and double unders outside, put my mask back on, go back on the rower. So that was kind of interesting. 
fitness within the fitness running back yeah <laughs> yeah yeah how is that it's always like anytime i drop into a new box it's like the first day of school and you're just getting all <laughs> giddy <laughs> yeah i think with with the pandemic um and masks on it it made it a little more like again normally i think uh you i would tend to you know introduce myself to to more folks in the class you know you still had a little bit of that today but um it was it was definitely more like okay like I'm, i don't want to touch you i don't want to give you a high five like after the thing and yeah. i'm just gonna clean my stuff but like hey good job there um but yeah with the masks on it was it was definitely a little different experience like i said it's my first class i've done um in a, in a while having been in the crossfit space for for a long time but uh just, and just being used to working out of my garage now um it's been it's it was an interesting experience for sure but uh yeah just wipe down equipment after and and there is that little moment as i'm standing there uh hoping that no one in the very you know enclosed space is breathing out covid germs um <laughs> you know so you never know but uh i think the rates of transmission in gyms are super low super. uh between people just being active healthy which is something that you know, guys like Bill Maher and, and Joe Rogan, I'll give credit to for saying, you know, vaccines are great and all, but like, this is a sign that we should all be getting healthier. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of what I do. I do. I, I'm 100% online right now. Um, I might actually end up working with this gym uh, that I just met with some in-person stuff. But uh, the online stuff, I work on kind of holistic longevity uh, looking at the five pillars of health that I talk about of, of nutrition, uh, sleep and stress, mindset, uh, recovery, all that fun stuff. And then referring people over to my, my lovely wife for kind of connection check-ins on, um, you know, how their relationships are going the same way we do physical health, right. And you have a little ache and pain, uh, your shoulders bugging you from X, Y, Z. We want to get on top of that same thing with a relationship. And again, who's, where does that domain come in, right? Is that up to the personal trainer to be like, hey, Adam, like, I noticed like you and you, you and your wife are just you know, kind of yelling at each other. What's up with that? Like, you know, it, it, it but those fights happen. And, it, you know, again, that's something my wife and I connected on very early on in our relationship, talking about our careers is we wish we could help people avoid a lot of these things. Because by the time they come to see either one of us, a lot of times as a physical therapist or as a sex and relationship therapist, it's usually like, okay, I've had 10 years of this problem or we're about to get divorced. Can you fix us? Um, you know, it's, it's this kind of interesting, uh, thing, same thing with fitness for me, like some people, yeah, I think with this pandemic, it's going to be super interesting to see. I, I, I'd be curious, uh, again, have you noticed more people coming in, trying the concept out, um, are people that were not doing any fitness before saying like, I need to get out and do something or is the people that just were pivoting from um, doing other group fitness classes and you guys happen to be one of the best options available right now? It, it was both, you know, it, it was uh, people maybe not wanting to be in a global gym setting because it's so crowded and they don't feel comfortable and no one is monitoring what anyone is doing. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, we're anywhere from six to 12 feet apart in each one of our stations. Um, right. so that was a big plus, uh, everyone's moving counterclockwise was very organized, which I think people took a liking to. And then I think there was people that were never in fitness, but they do understand that this is preventative medicine. This is, you know, not the cure, but if you get healthy, you have a better chance of fighting this, which is extremely important. 
And then there was a third category of people, which was this became their haven. Um, there was so much chaos going on in the world and, you know, people were losing their jobs and people, you know, didn't know when's the next time they were going to work or, you know, they were just really scared. And we provided a safe place for them to uh, release those endorphins that they needed. And they were here every single day because this community um, made them feel comfortable. Yeah. That is very cool. You mentioned endorphins and serotonin, and I know that uh, we were going to touch on one of the things, and you mentioned it a little bit in your intro, uh, the concept of ADHD, right? Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Um, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. I didn't even write that one down. Um, yeah, so, and there's ADHD and there's ADD are the two that maybe are similar. They have different diagnostic criteria, right? From a mm -hmm. clinician, psychologist, psychiatrist, um, like my wife. Um, so tell us a little about your history with that, how that led you know, to, to finding exercise, again, to the concept we talked about before around, uh, yeah, serotonin is kind of an issue or you have lack of it. That's what leads to some of the issues uh, and, and being able to find exercise as some way to kind of balance that out. So yeah, tell me about that and, and love to hear um, your, your story there. Yeah, so I, I've always battled with uh, ADHD. Uh, I was in remedial classes all the way up until high school. And then in high school, I had a couple good teachers that learned that, hey, maybe he's not dumb, maybe he just learns a little bit differently. So, so they helped me get into college and then I had to learn pretty much how to teach myself. Uh, I was the kind of student that showed up uh, first day of school, midterm, and finals, and I had to teach myself. I had to lock myself in the room and hyper-focus. Um, so ADHD is uh, in in the someone's brain is the lack of releasing certain uh, chemicals, which is dopamine, serotonin, and adrenaline. And so those are things that I lack. And because of that, um, I am forgetful. I can uh, jump from one idea to the other without completing it. Um, but there's also a lot of good benefits of, of having ADHD. Uh, Hyper-focus being one, another one uh, being our ability to think of things differently because we can see so many angles at the same time. Like I'll have an idea or someone will say something and I can look at it from you know 10 different angles very quickly um and i didn't even know this but i've been self-medicating through fitness for a very long time i've been mm. addicted to working out uh and it's because exercise releases those three same chemicals uh mm. ser serotonin dopamine and adrenaline so i didn't even realize it to this year this year i really dove deep into uh trying to make this my superpower my faster <laughs> than normal brain yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's because once you release those chemicals, because you're lacking them so much, you can hyper focus. So I'll go on a long run. And then right after that long run, that's when I'll feel my most clear. So I, I wake up at 345 every single day, exercise right when I wake up. And then I'll have two hours before, you know, my son wakes up or before my wife wakes up. And that's when I get uh, my best work done. So you using, eat the frog. Yeah. I eat the frog first thing <laughs> in the morning. Every, every yes. day. 
Uh, that just kind of triggered a random tangent for me, but do you know Nelson Dellis from, he was at CrossFit Union Square uh, in New York, I think with Le Le Leah Dellis was his wife. They got married, had a, I think they're on their second kid. He's a speed reading champion and I think he has a mastermind or, or a master class in speed reading. So I was wondering if that's something that would translate to that high focus uh, speed reading, but that's just a random kind of tangent. I, he's, and I think they're in Florida. I forget exactly where they are in Florida, but I think they might either be St. Petersburg area or something like that. But anyway, uh, I'm if hoping it, to, if yeah. the reading is very short, then, <laughs> then we got for focus, but for very short time. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's, I, but again, I wonder if, if getting a skill like that would, um, you almost get into that flow state is what it sounds like if if uh, those listeners are, are you know flow states where again the brain just starts kind of working in that or if anyone's seen uh, the recent movie soul the pixar movie did you see that movie by the way yeah Amazing yeah movie. yeah great movie so, but so good yeah but they talk about uh that flow state where he's playing piano and that's just the thing he's so good at and they're just you're kind of transcended into this other plane this other world almost where when you're in the flow state so um yeah i wonder if that's kind of what happens like with the you know we can look at the physiology of how the chemicals are getting released and things like that but um you know looking at it at a more practical level i wonder again when you're working out you're just focusing on you know the wall ball and you're you're focusing on that cue of like looking at the ball catching it going into the squats you know coming back out of that squat releasing the ball at the right time like is that kind of how your brain would you describe it? Do you, are you, do you even go through that process or are you just kind of doing it? And so you don't have that problem with, with the, you know, the, the difficulty keeping attention. Uh, so it's something that I have noticed. It, it's almost like a, a spigot and uh, my brain is just shooting everywhere at the same time. Right. But, but if we eliminate all distractions and we set certain rules, we can narrow that spigot down to a very focused stream. And being able to do that is like I said, almost like a superpower, because if <laughs> I do, do get into that flow state, I can get some, some pretty incredible stuff done. Yeah. Um, and I think that is from, uh, releasing those endorphins, but also being singular focus. That's why I have picked up running recently because it's almost mindless. You, yeah. you are just going through the motions. And then during running, that's when I actually, I guess, release almost in, uh, uh, dopamine and endorphins. Cause right when I sit down after a run, I, I can really get some, some pretty yeah. powerful. Work that's, done. that's super interesting. Do you listen like, do you, if listening to a podcast while you run would that throw off that flow state for you, that kind of like, I'm just, so I'm just curious. I, I've tried both ways and podcasts do take me farther away from where I want to be as opposed to I'm kind of, I'll listen to the same song right. over and over. Right, and right. And, right. and that seems to work better for me. Yeah. So I would imagine, I think in my audience, um, my very limited audience, <laughs> um, I think that uh, we would have more parents of kids who might have ADHD. So were you diagnosed, if you don't mind sharing that part of your story, like how, when were you diagnosed? Um, is there some kind of advice for the parents of like, hey, I have a 13 year old kid who's having trouble in school. Um, from my experience and the medical side of it um, and researching a lot of the kind of these ancestral health, all these different 
concepts, holistic wellness, um, ADHD to me, when, when parents are saying they, their kids have something like that or ADD, that to me, it's like, well, the, the diet might be a major contributor to that. Um, and again, just that kind of sh constant sugar spiking, Mountain Dew, caffeine at an early age, um, things like that tend to throw off the natural rhythms that we're looking for because it's so abundant in, in kind of, especially in American society. So I don't know, I'd, I'd love to hear again, your experience with uh, getting diagnosed and, and, and how you think maybe that translates to uh, giving advice to parents or, or kids dealing with that now. Yeah, so I wasn't diagnosed until the age of 26. So. I knew there was always something, you know, you, you, you drop the ball several times, like, or, or some people will tell you, man, if you only apply to yourself, and you are trying to apply yourself, but, and you, people have high expectations of you because you have such great ideas, but you can't follow through with the ideas. So I've always had that. And then when I moved to New York, uh, one, one of my bosses was like, man, I think you're ADD. Uh, and I was like, man, I think you're right. <laughs> so uh, I went to a psychiatrist and he was like, yeah, you're very ADHD. Um, and a, a piece of advice that I would give, and this is stuff that really dove deep into this past year. Um, there's three, one being control your environment, um, making sure that uh, you're eliminating triggers, triggers being things that can pull you in several different directions, triggers being uh, people that uh, aren't necessarily the best for you. Just eliminating those altogether will definitely put you in a better place. Um, having the right people around you, like my boss knows that I'm ADHD. Um, my counterpart, Corinne, she handles the front of house, I handle the back of house. She's type A. And I'm not type A, so we balance each other out very well. So having people around you that know how to get the best work out of you is really important. And that starts with parents. Um, and another thing is uh, pursuing passion. So I've tried, uh, I studied finance. So I tried to, once I found out I was having a kid, I went to a finance job as an analyst and I sat down at the desk 10 hours a day and that was not good for me and my ADHD. <laughs> um, so I just hated everything about it. Um, so putting yourself in a position where you're constantly pursuing something that you're interested in is good for someone with ADHD. And I think that's why I've always circled back to fitness no matter what. Um, also, this is a job where I can you know, there's so many shiny toys for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, we, you know, we have 20 members in the class. I'm constantly being able to use ADHD to my benefit because I can focus on so many different things at once and do it well. Um, then the next one would be exercise and diet. I barely have any sugars in my diet, or at least if I do, they're natural sugars. I don't eat processed foods. I drink a ton of water and I sleep extremely well. Um, I think these are, I, I, and I know it sounds like fundamental. Crazy, man. No, to, it's crazy talk. <laughs> to everyone, but uh, what I know when I'm eating a lot of bad stuff and I'm not sleeping well, my ADHD is through the roof. I'm losing my keys. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Um, as opposed to if I'm more strict with myself and I follow these rules that I know to work, it's not as bad and I can use it to my advantage. 
Um, and then the third is habit formation. Uh, there's certain rules that I live my life by. Um, I even set up contracts with myself that I can't break. Um, and I think this is really important for everyone. I think anyone can benefit from this advice, but right. especially people with ADHD, especially setting up contracts, because if I set up a 30 day contract, like I cannot modify this contract at all for 30 days, my mind can't wander around in, right. in different directions. Now, by the time I uh, done with that contract, it's already a habit at that point. And that's why I think this year I've been able to create some really good habits. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, like you said, it's great advice for almost every human being. I think we all, especially in this modern world of having, you know, so much disposable, you know, information right at our fingertips with our phones. And um, it's easy to, to be like, well, what's going on on Instagram? What's going on on Facebook? You know, what should I be reading? Uh, I need a distraction almost. And so I guess the question for me is there, it sounds like you be, you have to create those systems yourself. But have you worked with a coach uh, yourself? Have you worked with somebody to give you that accountability to, again, I, I was your coach in, in class, I, but we didn't necessarily work um, separately. And again, it's not something that I was like able to say in the moment, oh, Adam definitely has ADHD based on, you know, it's not the kind of thing that shows up that way. Uh, it's, I think it's easy enough to hide. And, and again, because the diagnosis of ADHD, and like you said, you only got diagnosed at 26, to a clinician, it can be very easy to see and be like, oh yeah, these are definitely symptoms and, you know, we can put you into this, you know, category. But uh, again, I would say if I, if I took a hundred people out of, especially out of CrossFit classes, let's say, cause, cause they tend to be a very kind of unique group uh, that that's willing to go through that, that uh, again, you might have a lot of folks who um, are that way uh, from a coaching perspective, as somebody who used to coach a lot of CrossFit, um, if I, see that that's where again it comes down to like hey i want you to go unbroken on this or like we, we're going to simplify those cues so that uh you know and, and again you tell me if that kind of works in in the sense of your fitness but uh it's like you're going to focus on this one thing and if, if i give you like 10 different cues it becomes way more way too much right right you, are you frozen oh hello adam hello yep you frozen yep can you hear me yeah, okay. yeah. How's your how's your internet? No. <laughs> you good? Uh, it should be good. I think it should be good. Is it working? Uh oh. Yeah, we're good now. You were frozen for a minute there, I think, on your. Uh, I, I assume it was on, on your end. end. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Okay. All good. All right. That, so that was the that was the ADHD. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> ADHD of the internet. Um. Did you hear my my yeah. question? Uh, yes. Did you get, so, uh, I didn't hear the end of the question. Okay. So I was saying, uh, I was kind of all over the place too. I, so I might have some form of ADD or ADHD with anyone who's listened to my podcast as well. Cause I tend to go on tangents and I'm just like, but I get excited about stuff too. I don't know yeah. if I've ever, uh, been, I, I don't know if I would even be diagnosed if I sat down with a psychiatrist or psychologist, um, to, to have ADHD, but Again, it's something interesting. My question though was, was in terms of being in a workout, um, A, it would, would something like, okay, this is, you know, you're going to do A1 snatches, B, B1 and, and superset that with, you know, planks or something like that. And then B1, B2, uh, is that something that works for you? 
and you just have like a routine kind of like the contract you have with yourself. So if you had a coach giving you a program or you're just pulling that program for from a class setting, is that something that works for you? Or, you know, do you need some kind of different structure to, to work better for you? Um, so it has to be a program and it has to be a strict program and right. someone else has to do it for me. Uh, because if I program, I can't program for myself because it will turn into this whole big thing. It was right. supposed to turn and, into. Yeah. Initially. And that's what, that's what I think is true for, for almost every human. Again, is every coach needs a coach and every, everyone needs a coach. I think whether it's from a group setting where we can at least jump in and be like, Hey, like we have this format, but we're going to specialize it for you, Adam. And again, that's where I was saying in a group setting, if the workout is 150 wall balls for time, um, you know, as, as your previous coach in a group setting, it might be like, I know that Adam is going to do better if I can say, Hey, I want you to do 12 wall balls, put it down for five seconds, you know, take two breaths and then keep going. And I want you to do that as long as you can basically, and until you get the workout done kind of thing. Is that the kind of thing that you need? Or is it like, go as unbroken as possible? Or is it, you know, it sounds like you need that structure. Yeah, I, I'm, again, another characteristic of ADHD is all or nothing. So I'm the zero to 100 real quick burnout, and then I'm lying on the floor. So a coach definitely breaking down, uh, hey, we're gonna do this for 20 seconds, and then you're gonna stop and having that structure for me really does work and that's where i perform my best in opens and you know just in competitions uh having someone break that down for me and me following it specifically really does work for me and i think it would for anyone but again for especially for people with adhd because if you tell me 150 wall balls that's chaos in my head there's yeah. there's too much going on I'm, but if I'm you gonna try me, to do 30 and then i'm gonna be like oh shit i'm tired and then yeah. <laughs> and then you're like yeah. oh okay i'm gonna rest for a minute and then oh no mm -hmm. i gotta get back on it and and then yeah that's kind of what's going on in your mind mm -hmm. is, yep. is what yeah. it sounds like but if yeah I, so i have to turn a lot of things into imams and mm -hmm. if if i can figure I can out the right formula for the right imam yeah right right i would have success with this specific workout right 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 very cool yeah man um are there any supplements, nootropics? I'm curious if you've, if you've played around with any of that to help with mental focus. Again, uh, you know, there's a couple different ones that are getting touted through the fitness space. And again, guys like Joe Rogan push some of that stuff. Have you played with any of that stuff or, or are you more on like a medical routine? I, I done, uh, MCT oil, actually Joe Rogan's MCT oil. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I did see some sort of clarity and I was fasting first thing in the morning when I was having the MCT oil with my coffee and there was some sort of clarity there. Um, I do take uh, small doses of medication as needed, not necessarily on a very strict regimen. I mm -hmm. think things, things need breaks and you know, yeah. just don't want to get used to anything. Right. Um, so I think it's a combination of both. Uh, more than anything, I think diets the number one you know all these pills and powders and all this stuff you could just be getting from food yeah and i'm just going to reinforce you said already that you basically try to limit your sugar right and and does that include carbohydrates in general are you trying to look at any numbers again based on that have you played with keeping your carbohydrate intake daily to under like 50 grams or again based on the fact that you know it helps you to have these numbers um, or, or I would think some kind of structured, have you played with that outside of the like simple, like just 
I'm not going to have any sugar. I'm not going to bring it in my house. I'm just not going to um, do that because I know that's going to set me off in some ways. So it's simple sugars and processed foods. Generally, I still get sugars from fruit. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But no, I think carbohydrates are extremely important. Um, yeah. I, I think a balanced diet is where we need to be. Um, I track everything. Um, <laughs> I still to today write everything down in my MyFitnessPal. And if I don't for a couple of days, there's chaos again in my head. Yeah, so yeah. It just has to be tracked every single day or else I don't know what I'm doing. I weigh everything. I know yeah. what it looks like and I still yeah, yeah. weigh everything. <laughs> And, that, and for anyone who hasn't tried any of those things, again, uh, whether you have ADHD or not, I think it's a cool experience to go through just to be able to sit and get a better relationship with food that I think a lot of folks, it's easy to, to lose sight of that. Uh, no matter how much knowledge we think we have, you start weighing, you know, how much is an apple, uh, you know, and then even without the core, you put the core back on the part that you don't eat. And then you subtract that from like the gram. So like one popular thing that I, I recommend to a lot of clients I work with is the 800 gram challenge from EC Simkowski. So good. Yeah, so good. And so um, that for anyone who's not familiar is just eating 800 grams of fruits and vegetables per day. And that's like the main kind of place to start for a lot of folks looking to go from kind of disorganized eating, if you will. And this is the first way to start weighing, measuring and having like a goal, a number to look at. So again, uh, if you're tracking everything you eat, that'll show up. Um, if you start, do you do meal preps as well? Uh, or just to help you? Yeah. Yeah. It's also extremely important for me to, yeah. I, 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 uh, meal prep twice a week and I eat almost the same thing all the time. There's like four different variations of my diet and it includes all sorts of foods there. So right. there's, you know, a lot of greens, a lot of fruit, a lot of, you know, healthy grains a lot of different kind of proteins but it's still very limited um and i because i have to eliminate choice you know if there's yeah. too much choice then there's chaos again right um so yeah that's good man do, and do you do you eat out at all or is that something you pretty much eliminated i do eat out so uh, especially with my uh, amazing wife that that has to put up <laughs> with me but but i do eat out and then those are just all right, we're we're just going for it. Um, I do try to limit. I used to because I'm all or nothing. If we were going out, I would have an entire box of pizza. So now I have mm. rules set in place where you know it's just limiting <laughs> limiting uh, quantity. You know because yeah. you can still eat out and you can still enjoy yourself and still be off of your meal plan, but not go off the deep end, which is right. very hard for someone with ADHD, but yeah. setting these rules, not having second servings, you know, limiting the size of your plate, stuff like that really does work. You know, it, yeah. it, it's not, it's so crazy because it's not rocket science, but the second we let uh, desire drive us and we get away from those rules, that's when again, there's that chaos. Do you, and so you're holding yourself accountable, like you said, with your own kind of internal contract. Um, is your wife involved in that at all? Or do you have another uh, accountability buddy when it comes to some of that stuff or a coach or anything? Uh, I do not. Uh, this has been, this year has been a big personal journey for me where I just had to dig into myself and, mm -hmm. and uh, figure this thing out. 
Um, and it worked that way. And I'm not necessarily saying that that works for everyone. I do think right. people should look for help, but I just knew enough about nutrition and I knew enough about fitness and there was enough good books um, that yeah, and you said, I just could- to, Just to reiterate the, the fact you've been in the fitness space since whether, you know, on some level since around 2011, you said? Two, yep, 2011. Yeah. Uh, yeah. personal trainer first and then CrossFit coach and then gym owner and head coach of a couple places. And so I've been in the space for a while. So yeah, I just want to reiterate that for anyone like listening and being like, Oh, I should totally just hold myself accountable and, <laughs> no. and that kind of thing. And it, and it takes time. It takes, uh, and that's a theme I've had with a few of the other fitness uh, based folks I've had on this podcast is yeah, it just takes time, experimentation, uh, trial and error, seeing what works for you. And, uh, you know, it's going to be different, uh, definitely, uh, you know, time and time again. So Jeff Evans, uh, just left a comment a little earlier said, Adam, my guy. So, uh, Jeff Evans, someone, uh, CrossFit games athlete, uh, one of the strongest dudes around. I know he had a long, uh, career with, with some of that stuff. Um, and I don't know if you want to talk about, you know, I know you guys have a, you, did you work with him or? Yeah, we, we worked, uh, together with Fias and that's how I met him. So. Very first year, 2012. Did we start CrossFit in 2012? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there, Dave Kasher posted a video of the first athlete to clean 405, and that was Jeff Evans. Mm. And this is when I can clean 100 pounds or something. Right. It was ridiculous with terrible form. And, <laughs> and I looked at him, and I was like, I want to be like that guy. Um, and it was so crazy. Years later, we crossed paths and we became really good friends and we talked about business and life and fatherhood on a consistent basis. He's a, he's an amazing person. Um, and I do suggest you check out his journey because, uh, he's having a little bit of a comeback right now. <laughs> I've been watching his stuff on Instagram and, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of plates on there. Uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's moving that way pretty well. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I'd love to, if you're still uh, watching there, Jeff, I'd love to get you on here also as a guest at some point. But um, yeah, and if you, any of you guys are, are watching right now, if you want to put questions in the comments, I'm able to see all that. So we'll, we'll get you on there. You also had Allison uh, Salamone, Salamone, uh, maybe. Yeah. You're the best coach, Adam. Always in awe of your knowledge and willingness to be so open about your journey and goals. So I just put that up real quick. But uh, yeah, guys, if you have questions uh, about ADHD, Adam's journey, Anything for me, feel free to, to leave it in the comments. We'll try to get to it. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we covered a lot on, on the ADHD journey uh, as well as your, your entire journey there. And um, I don't know if there's any other big thoughts you had that you want to share about, uh, you know, th- next things to come or anything like that. A uh, couple of things. First thing, uh, I just wanted to say uh, I'm so grateful for you, uh, you being my very first coach. And I remember <laughs> that first session and it was back squats and I went to go pick up like 135 pounds and I was doing a quarter squat where my knees were caving in and I thought <laughs> I was super fit and you literally told me to put down the weight and grab a PVC pipe yeah, um, and just work with the PVC and it was the most humbling experience and I, I think that shame actually brought me back. I was like, man, I, I got to get good <laughs> at this. Uh, yeah. But but having coaches that care to that level, um, I've seen it on both ends where I've seen terrible form. I've dropped into boxes and I'm like, man, mm-hmm. this is not good. And having coaches that care that much about the individual uh, and having checking their ego in a, a way that, you know, they're still happy 
and making that a priority, making their safety a priority right. uh, separates you from any coach. And that's why anytime that I have any sort of question that's outside of my scope, I always ask Bo first. Um, I, I don't know if you remember Shelly. Uh, mm-hmm. Shelly, uh, she had one leg, she got meningitis, and mm. they had to amputate her leg. And she came to my gym, this is when I owned the gym, and uh, she asked me if I can help her walk her kids down the aisle for their first communion. And wow. she had never walked. It was two years uh, that they had amputated her leg and she was doing PT and they, she had never walked. And I asked you and you gave me some resources. You even said it was a little bit beyond your scope, but you gave <laughs> me some resources. And um, we were able to help her do that. And it was probably the best thing coach was. So rewarding, yeah. Out. Yeah, when you can help someone achieve goals like that. And that's why, yeah, I think that's why some of us are, are in the field, um, you know. Uh, yeah, we're not, we're, not, we're not becoming millionaires overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not, you know, maybe we, we caught on some GameStop stuff. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, you could have lost money there, too. It's always a gamble. That's why I stay away from that stuff. But, but yeah, I think we're in, the, we're in this field to help people out. And, and you know, it's so rewarding for me to know that you know, random, so to speak, day in, in the gym there to, uh, and, and again, I've, I've, you know, pulled that line a couple of times and some people don't respond that well to it where it's like, yeah, maybe put that bar down and we need to get you to, 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 you know, fix your form. And that's why now working virtually, um, which I've shifted a hundred percent to more or less, I'm, I might do some more stuff now that I'm here in Colorado, but, um, in person, but, uh, being virtual, I, I always take folks through a pretty thorough assessment concept and we're able to say like yeah look your you know your hips not moving that well in these kind of three different things and then we can put that picture together with yes from time to time like i do have some aches and pains and it's stuff that again we're just not aware of even with the adhd that you talked about with having some mental clarity with like mct oil um most humans again that i work with uh tend to not even realize how much brain fog or or just poor movement they have so whatever that is you know, I'm, I'm here studying that I've, I've put a quarter million dollars into my education, uh, based on, you know, my last calculations, at least $250,000 into, you know, between my getting my doctorate, my CrossFit certifications, many other certifications and educational components. So that that's my passion. I think you, you, you share a similar passion and there's so much free stuff too. Good, good, good. God knows how many podcasts I've listened to, which is why I wanted to, you know, kind of put this out there and get folks like you on here to share the journeys to continue to build. And I always learn something from, uh, you know, some of these these talks. And again, ADHD is not something I specialize in. Neither was um, amputee uh, folks that that, you know, uh, but again, the concepts kind of fit together. And the more we can put these pieces together. Um, you know, it, it, it starts to get more and more rewarding as we, it gives us more tools to help people. And I was just meeting with the gym owner here and, um, you know, we were kind of, we were, we were grabbing a coffee and talking about the fact that there is so much bad stuff out there. (laughs) And again, I'm not here to, you know, mention names or, or call people out, but, um, you know, so much bad stuff out in, and again, something like, I I will say something like Peloton is not necessarily bad, but when people are like, oh, that's sexy. I'm going to pay $2,500 and get a bike in my room. And, you know, if it, it's a very incomplete fitness to me. That's why my brand and my messaging is fit care. Um, I want to look at your overall fitness and how do you define fitness? Being really good on the Peloton is going to get you maybe better at one or two components of fitness. But if you're not doing anything else, 
I just think that, you know, it's like leaving money on the table. It's like of not investing and diversifying your, your stock portfolio, so to speak, for anyone who's into that side of thing, the finance side. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my ramble. That's my ADHD ramble. So I apologize. Yeah. No, I think you, you touched on something extremely important where coaches need to understand when something is beyond their scope. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's not something that a lot of coaches do. And they feel like, oh, I can read something online and I can help this person. You have to understand yeah. that you can't fix everything and you have to reach out. And that's why I have reached out to you. And I have reached out to, to other people to help. Um, we have a profit program where it's an accountability program based around nutrition. Um, and I have 20 frog fitters and, and there was some stuff that was beyond our scope and we referred them to our registered dietitian, you know, just, it, it's so important to understand, um, and check your ego at the door and understand that some yeah. things are, are going to be beyond your scope and maybe $250,000 in education is worth referring <laughs> it to, to that person. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's one thing when, when we talk about pricing, um, you know, people compare, oh, this trainer or this therapist is charging $100 an hour and this one's charging $200 an hour. You know, you're not paying necessarily for my hour. You're paying for my many years of getting to this point. And, you know, again, listening to thousands of podcasts or reading hundreds of books. I'll show my books over here somewhere. Is that the right way? Yeah, a couple of books there. (laughs) And having, and just experience like yeah putting that into practice and having it fail like a theory is just a theory and an right. idea is just an idea but until you put it into practice and put it through the fire several times um it doesn't have that much value uh, because right. everyone's completely different and everyone's physiology is completely different yes. and so uh, it, it's again i can't stress it enough that you, you really one have to dive deep you know across at level one may not that was just the starting point oh yeah that was just to get you through the door right um and you have to continuously educate yourself and you have to have big mentors and um it's something that that i plan on continuing to do yeah you gotta it's a lifetime of learning it's gonna things change too and uh on top of that i'll say this is my geeky moment for a sec if you'll allow me um the the definition of evidence-based practice which is kind of a you know, maybe, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with that term, but mm-hmm. I think I've seen it out there uh, from time to time. But evidence-based practice is three components. So one component is knowing what all the research says. So the research says if you have MCT oil and you have five, you know, teaspoons of it every day, like it's going to do X, Y, Z. And this, the research has been done to show, and, you know, you can look at, okay, this study had a hundred people in it and this study had five people in it and this study had a thousand people in it. So you could know all the research that you want. And at the end of the day, or you could say creatine is one of the best studied, uh, you know, supplements in history and has some of the fewest side effects in history. So, but you can know the research, but then on top of that, you have to have your experience as a clinician or as a coach, as a, as a trainer. So that's 30, you know, one third of that uh, process. And then the other third is still that human, that patient, Mm -hmm. that client. So again, I could have said to you, you know, and and it might've changed you for the better uh, when I said like, Hey, put down that bar, grab the PVC. We're going to redefine what squatting is. Um, where if I say that to somebody else, again, their ego is like, uh, no, like, you know, and it just doesn't jive that well. So no matter what the research says, the research says we have to do this, but you know, if that human is just not on board with that or the delivery of that is not right, 
Or again, the clinician might even have done a thousand times of, of allowing XYZ and in their experience, they've gotten good enough results or they didn't see the, the fallout of that or the injuries of that because that person just stopped coming and they never really connected that to, oh, like these partial squats actually lead to more injuries. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my little quick rant on the, the, the triangle of evidence-based practice and how, you know, that that's how we grow as coaches. I 100% believe in that. And I think there's only through uh, evidence-based practice that we can get to the final result, which is a better you. Um, and have, we have this frog fit program and I tell them day one, it's like, this is just an estimate. You know, we did an in-body scan, we got your BMR. Um, now we're going to create a deficit or surplus based off your goals. But this is just an estimate and it's until we see if this specifically works for you and we take yeah. it and we do this waltz and we're waltzing back and forth right. uh so we can get to that uh place that we need to be um yeah so again the nutrition is so tricky and so many oh, yeah. different aspects we, when you think about hormones and and so many variables that come into play inflammation and all sure. stuff that there is no one size fit all and it is a trial and error um, yeah, and I probably do need to work with a coach when it comes yeah. to these things. Yeah. And I'll, on top of that, I'll say again, if there was any one thing that worked, if it was just like calories in calories out, that's all we need to think about. Like you said, oh, you should be burning 1600 calories a day based on how much you weigh and BMR, basal metabolic rate and, and all that stuff. But, and then, okay, cool. If your diet's 1200 calories, you're going to, you're going to lose weight every week. Like, you know, we can just do that, but there's so many aspects to it. Well, what happens when I get hungry? What happens when I have a craving? What happens when, you know, I'm at a party um, and, and I have to eat some, you know, or I'm in, I'm, there's peer pressure, whatever. Anyway, but yeah, I think totally the, the nutrition side we could talk about for hours too. Um, but that's where totally I, I'll, I'll double down and say a coach is, is vital to help you have a better relationship with food. That's really what it comes down to for me. When I work with a client, I don't want to be the, the you know, whatever uh, voice in the sky speaking, just being like, you need to do this. It's more, hey, I saw you did this. What happened when we tried that? And like you said, it's trial and error, but it's also like, okay, cool. I, I like this concept. Let's see if we can take that and, and work with it. Like I have a client right now who I'm trying to get to meal prep. Um, again, it's, it's something you've played with and gotten really good at. For him, it's just, it's tough and he's not used to it. So I'm like w- walking him through step-by-step. Step and he had, we tried it this past Sunday. He was, he was, we were aiming for three days worth of meals um, and he had, he struggled with it. So it's just, yeah, okay, cool. That didn't work that great. Let's see what we can improve upon. And uh, the saying there, you know, that I, I love is uh, you either win or you learn. So if, if he didn't, that wasn't a win, um, there's something to learn from that. Same thing with every workout. It's, it's can we sit down and reflect on that, you know, and, and can you learn something from it? Um, and it's doing stuff with intention. And again, uh, based on your ADHD, you might have had to really connect to that even faster than most people. But yeah, until you have somebody... Um, you know, talking about on a podcast or, or, um, you know, con- connecting that to you as an individual. Um, it, it's tough to, to really learn those lessons, which is why I try to get to every human I can. So if you're watching this, if you want to talk about any of that stuff, any of these concepts are exciting, feel free to reach out to me. I do free 15 minute calls that you can schedule on my calendar. Um, tell them where they can find you. Good, sir. Uh, yeah, so you can find me, uh, Adam, at Adam Caratini at Instagram, uh, my first name and just my last name, uh, respond same day. I'm very responsive. Uh, so if you need any help with uh, nutrition, we have a ProfIt program. If you want to come check out our studio, um, it's always open. 
yeah, if you guys are anywhere near Central Florida, that Orlando area, definitely go check them out there. And uh, yeah, man, this was really fun. I hope we, we can do another episode maybe in a few months or something, circle back on some of these concepts. I'd love for anyone listening, watching, if they have, uh, again, like I think that's something huge that uh, we're getting more diagnoses of ADHD and, and things like that. And um, I think there's a huge... Uh, untalked about or parents are just kind of like, okay, cool. We're going to put them on some medication and they tend to not go to the, what about your diet? What about exercise? How do we use those things uh, to manage the, the situation rather than again, let me just give them a pill or, or give them an iPad to, you know, deal with, with that as much as possible. So uh, I think there's tons that we could um, dive further into. And, and again, I'm, I'm excited to explore that a little more with you. Again, if you guys are listening to this or watching, um, definitely would love, I think, to reach out to me and or Adam and we can, you know, maybe uh, help you you fill in some of the dots on that. Uh, that would be awesome. I, I do think there's a lot of folks struggling with that who go to Google and, and find some answers, but it's, I think it's an incomplete picture. So um, awesome, dude. Any other closing thoughts? Uh, that's it. You know, I just hope uh, people took this uh, pandemic to really connect with what they're passionate about and connect with uh, loved ones. And hopefully we're on the other end of this. And I wish everyone good health. Awesome, brother. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Signing off, everyone. Peace. Bye, guys.